And good evening, everyone. Uh, we are now live and uh, really, really excited that this is happening. Um, and of course, it's important to recognize that we are also being real-time translated into Spanish. So uh, you just hit that globe sign at the bottom of your interface and uh, you'll be able to switch the language that you want. So straighten out my... <laughs> okay. So uh, here we go. Let's go ahead and open up. And uh, while people are arriving, the usual opening, water some new gold, and it has a special meaning today. You will see what I mean. Helping you thrive in the world's only vital, scarce, and recession-proof market. And it is Thursday the 27th. Okay. As usual, safe harbor statement means that we are always um, doing our very best to say what's going to happen. But of course, there could be, you know, Things can happen is basically what it says. And there's always risks which are in our quarterly and annual reports. All right, as I mentioned, you, we have a Spanish interpreter, which is wonderful. And now, just yesterday, an article appeared in Authority Magazine. And um, Rick Zeckelberry of Origin Clear on the three things you need to shake up your industry. And it's a nine minute read. Uh, it's well worth reading because I go into depth into, well, how to shake up our water industry. Um, incredible stats with this thing. Uh, they, 37 million visitors per day, 77 million page impressions per day. I literally had to go check that stat. Um, they thanked us for a fantastic interview. They're just great, great people. So, but I wanted to share with you what was not published uh, that didn't make it in. Um, and so let's go into that. So I'm going to flip over to a Word document. So uh, can you share three of the best words of advice you've gotten along your journey? Please give a story or example for, uh, for each. And of course, this part is in the article. I've learned more by watching great people. We've got a partner whose real estate venture is high up on the Inc. 5000 and advising us how to do the same. Ivan Ans is always upbeat, always predicting success and turns every problem into a solution with a huge upside. Plus, he's relentless. I think I'm good that way, but he takes it to a whole new level. And again, he, he had a wonderful reaction to this lateness that we had with the 10K, and he came up with a solution, and just together we always win. Fantastic. He's an amazing, amazing partner. And um, the I've got a chat here. Let me just check who's saying what here. Um, of course, I had to mention my wife, and she is amazing. She's a child whisperer, not because she uh, speaks a special language, but because she always has their back, and she's amazing that way. And a little story about a, a guy, a kid that she turned around. But here's the part that, that was missing. <clears throat> Only the first line ended up in the article like this. Ken Berenger, the finance veteran working with me to fund our outsourced water model. That's it. Well, the rest of it that didn't make it in represents my ideal of a tough, resourceful, fast-moving exec who knows how to synchronize with a fast-moving situation, but he is really a nice guy. Now, this tells the story about how when he joined us, we were in a tough place. We, we, our early investors were in, you know, it was, it, was, it was a tough time. A lot of people had invested with my friends, and we came up with a program to make them whole, and Ken went in there like a soldier. Amazing. And I'm hearing more and more and more that many of these investors who, went, who just took one more shot are now well up on their investment, which 
as I says right here, it would never have been possible. Now, here's the story about how in the first week of February 2020, literally at the very beginning of everything, we looked at the crash in oil prices from just Wuhan closing down. We buckled down and after more than a year of intense work, we are now merging into this new vision. So I owe Ken, thank you, Ken. And he's not hearing this because he's at a graduation, but I owe Ken Berenger a huge debt of gratitude, but most important to me are his sharp wit and unstoppable ways. So thank you, Ken. All Pleasure right. is all mine, Riggs. Oh shit, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, I'm glad you heard it. So um, I have a video so I'm gonna go into, um, Paul says, Paul Fetcher says, you always give good interview. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. So that's very kind of you. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go ahead and reshare with um, the video optimization. And here is, um, this is a show. So um, Jeremy, Slate is um, an amazing uh, podcast promoter, and he um, has a thing called Command Your Brand. Um, and he's done, he, he, I mean, he, he's, he covers everybody. And we have a contract with him. Again, we did this last year. It was very successful. They're going to book us on 24 of the top podcasts in the, in the world over the next six months. And this was the introductory um, interview that he does with every one of his clients. So let's, let's hear, this was just today. I'm very excited for today's guest as we have Riggs Eckleberry back with us. He is the CEO of Origin Clear. So Riggs, thanks for coming back with uh, on the show today, man. Jeremy, it's such a pleasure again. And uh, yeah, it does take me back. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild because you and I actually chatted before the, before the pandemic even was the first time we did the interview. So I, I wanted to kind of highlight... Um, the, the, the interesting thing, because you, you sent me some notes beforehand, which I got a chance to go through. And, I, and one of the interesting things I was taking a look at, because I know we, we hear things being talked about in infrastructure spending, we're going to do, you know, rails and bridges and all these different things. And, you know, water's been, and, and water treatment has been a problem for a long time. Like we need to be spending more on it. We need to be doing things like that. But yes. at the same time, we have this problem of money being spent into infrastructure and not a lot of it's even addressing water. So let's talk a lot, a little bit about that problem first. Like how big is the global water problem and, you know, how little are we actually even doing about it? Yes. Well, there's all kinds of scary stats, you know, 6,000 kids a day die uh, from waterborne illnesses, et cetera. But, and actually 80% of illnesses in developing countries are due to water. So it's a big problem. Uh, we tend to think we're okay in the U.S., you know, there's Flint, but otherwise we're fine. And the truth is, is that the water you drink will not kill you immediately, mm -hmm. but it's got a lot of toxins in it. And the problem is it's getting worse. We have not been investing in our water system since 1960. Wow. And it's uh, catching up. Now the backlog of undone work on infrastructure is coming up to $100 billion a year. Mm. Well, and, and I think part of the thing people don't consider is you mentioned 1960. You know, that's the last time a lot of pipes were laid. It's the last time a lot of technology was put in. So things corrode, things get worse, and it actually makes the water problem worse, if I'm correct. Unquestionably, it, it only goes downhill from there. They actually have sensors on on these pump stations to track that have been allowed to be, you know, 50 years old and falling apart. And they put sensors on them to like tell them it gets to a certain leakage point beyond which they can't tolerate it. You know, it's like putting a bandaid on a hole in a boat. <laughs> well, and, and the problem too as well, um, and once again, you, you, this was highlighted in some of my research, 
is we looked at the inflation numbers came out a couple of weeks ago and the consumer pricing index doesn't consider a lot of things like lumber and things that are actually skyrocketing. So the consumer pricing index is way off. So we're not allotting enough money to handling this problem, but the money we are allotting is worth a lot less. So, you know, we kind of have this interesting quandary right now of like, what do we even do about the problem? Right. So the, the federal government over the years has gone from, um, you know, well over 60% contribution to our, um, you know, 150,000 plus city systems, all the way down to about 6%. And now there's a big, big bill being considered uh, not big enough because it's water, but they're, you know, okay, $111 million is in the Biden um, infrastructure plan. As you say, though, the problem is, is that prices are doubling and doubling again, mm -hmm. and you can't do long-term. I mean, Argentina, which has a 50% inflation rate, does not have any major public works going on. You just, can't, you just can't keep up. You just can't keep adding more money fast enough to get it done, and these things just stall, and there you are. You know, it's, it's oh. interesting. I, I, I was talking to, to, to con former Congressman Vernon Jones about this the other day. It's, I, I find that a lot of times it's, people in private business and, you know, people in the private world that, that fix a lot of this stuff. And that's a lot of what you guys are, are doing at Origin Clear. You actually created a new product line, a new business to handle this. So I guess, why is it up to private businesses then to do something about this? You know, why is it not up to the, to the you know, the, the public works in this, in this case to handle it? Well, first of all, as a practical matter, you're going to start fixing public works. Like Miami-Dade has got, you know, 100 plus thousand septic tanks that have to be fixed. When you start running sewage out to all of those, you'll tie up traffic for 20 years, destroy quality of life, and it's going to cost $8 billion. That's before inflation. So it's just pointless. Mm. Better for those homes to just be, to cut the cord and have their own self-sufficient system. Um, and that's what businesses are doing. They're, they're, they're not waiting. First of all, water rates are skyrocketing, so it pays to do your own water treatment. You're a brewery, treat your own water, and now you don't get charged by the municipality for the treated water. And you can actually recycle, which mm -hmm. America doesn't do. So this is a really beneficial thing to cut the cord. The technology and the, um, this, this special roll-in, roll-out technology is called Modular Water Systems, okay. which is um, a, an amazing guru came, joined us in 2018. Uh, Dan Early, and he's got a bunch of patents, which we've licensed for a long time. Okay, so that's the technology. Water on demand is the way to pre-fund these water systems mm -hmm. so that customers just sign on the dotted line and they start paying on the meter like they're accustomed to. And these units are good because if they stop paying, we take them back. Thank you. <laughs> so the, the thing I wanted to understand about this, and this is, I, I couldn't quite wrap my head around this, is when we're looking at water treatment, I guess, where does the where does the water come from in this case? Is it water you've used in your own business that we're recycling and recleaning? Um, or have we like, I guess, cut into the public line somewhere and we're bypassing water treatment? So like, how, how does this work? And how does this system work in with that? Okay, so the clean water has been delivered by the city. Okay, to the brewery, let's say you have a craft brewery. Now you make the beer, you've got a be, uh, breweries put out a lot of organic um, effluent. It's a lot of water. It's mm -hmm. not super dirty, but it's a lot of it. Yeah. And so now you've got a lot of it coming out, treat it, and now you can reuse it, for example, for washdowns. You don't have to use it for beer. Use yeah. it for you know, uh, steam cleaning, all that kind of stuff. You can use up to 50% of it again. And then, of course, when you finally get rid of it, the city considers it treated water, which you don't have to pay for. It's all good. So it's a... it's. 
for that brewery and, and mm-hmm. this famous case study is what a Russian River uh, brewery up in Sonoma County did exactly this because Sonoma was just driving water rates way up. And they said, fine, we'll just do our own system. All good. So that, that's really interesting then. So this is really your own wastewater that you're figuring out how you can reuse in your business. Um, and then I, I guess it's you're paying per gallon or how does that structure then work? Correct. So the customer then uh, pays um, on a service contract per gallon. We say per gallon, but it's more like, you know, cubic meter or whatever. This in the industry is well known. It's called design, build, own, operate, DBOO. Mm-hmm. It's been going for a long time, but only at the very high level. A company called uh, Aqua Ventures, which was sold to Culligan for a billion dollars, was doing exactly this, but it was doing it for islands. An entire island would get a desalination system on the meter. But now we're dropping down into these quarter million to $2 million systems. It's too small for the big water companies to handle. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have that portability, which the modular systems allow. So we feel we're, we're dropping into kind of a mega trend of everybody else finally doing it and we're serving that. It's very exciting. Well, and, and as well, um, you mentioned this being something that people pay for monthly and you know the, the, the unit can be repossessed if it's not working out. And, and I think at the same time, that's also a big shift in the economy that, that you're, you're hitting on as well because the economy has become less about ownership and more about access, right? Like, okay, so I wanna be able to use this, but I don't wanna have to pay for all the maintenance and pay for all those other things. So it's, it's also a big economic shift now at the same time too. Transportation as a service is emerging. Uh, All these things are happening. This is simply water as a service. Now, the next complication, of course, is you've got a ton of small customers with tens of thousands of payments happening. And then we get to the efficiency of the payment stream, which is the next big topic. Mm. So so I guess then how does how does that fit into the payment stream? Because I know as well, like you you've taken a look at you know crypto technology and the NFT market out there as well, which I will say. Um, I do want to get into the explanation of what that was because I've, I'm, I, I like to say, I think I'm pretty hip rigs, but you actually helped me to really understand what this was by just breaking down the definition. So let's talk a little bit about what that is and how that whole crypto market fits in with this. Correct. Fungible means you can swap it. So a dollar bill, a dollar bill, you can swap them. They're equally good. Sure. Bitcoin is fungible. One Bitcoin is the same as another. You don't care. Right. right. But then you have what's called non-fungible where you make you take that Bitcoin and you attach a little tag to it that says, this is unique. And you've just created a non-fungible token. Mm. Now, nobody does it with Bitcoin. They tend to do it with Ethereum type tokens. That's just a detail. But what you've done is you've taken something generic and you've made it unique. And this is called non-fungible tokens. And they did $2 billion worth of business in the first quarter. It's a booming marketplace. Yeah, baseball cards, (laughs) a lot of trivial stuff, but they've started listing houses as NFTs that you literally would pay with crypto and you can pay securely with crypto because you know, it's that house and no other. That's the key. So are you like investing in that thing then? Do you like, do you have ownership rights in the thing? So like, how, how does that portion of it work? Okay. So let's imagine now you've got payment streams going out to mm-hmm. the investors, uh, the contractors, partners, everybody's getting money. And I, I built a schematic of it once and it would look like a freaking Picasso. <laughs> well, that's why, I, that's why I asked you for explanation because I like to think I'm a smart guy and I'm like, oh, I'm a little confused here. So let's chat about this. <laughs> so the payments are going out. The problem mm-hmm. with the payments now, as we know, because we pay dividends all the time is, you know, oh, the ACA's changed or bad routing number or, mm-hmm. or the, the, the PayPal notice went to spam. Or, it's just endless. And we have people working and they're delivering $4.35 payments to people and they're going through all this hassle. 
that's got to that's got to end. So what we do is we take the payment and and um, package it in an NFT, and the NFT has what's called a smart contract. It knows who to pay when. And inside that NFT, as we envision it, is the entire future stream of payments for that one slice. Okay, think of that one slice being all the payments into the future. And that NFT now, I can swap it with you. Jeremy, how would you like this NFT? Yeah, you know, I paid X amount for it, but it's got all this future revenue and built-in inflation in the contracts. So maybe it's worth 50 times as much as the original value we don't off the off the top of my head, it, it wouldn't know, but it's a lot because yeah. these systems can last up to 50 years, right? Mm-hmm. Continuously in service. So this becomes kind of, think of it like a bond, right? It's got all this future payments built in and so forth. But the beauty of it is, is that no must, no fuss. If I transfer it to you, Origin Clear doesn't have to update the address. You just start receiving the payments in your wallet yourself. It's, it's mm-hmm. the wallet that matters. And that's the beauty of it. So there's a next layer of this, which is, guess what? You People start transferring when she started swapping. You get what's called an organic marketplace, a self-building marketplace. And we're seeing that in NFTs a lot. So now, mm. we this is a very early to be talking about it, but it's definitely yeah. feasible. Why is there no global water marketplace? Why is the Chicago Mercantile Exchange not trading water futures? Mm-hmm except very limited in California, because water is local. Mm. But when we Now water is global, this, based on what you're saying. We abstract the, 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 and every gallon is attached to a payment. You see, 2018, I did a, uh, I, I tried to launch a crypto and it didn't work. Why? I mean, we didn't have the underlying paper gallon. Mm. Once you have the paper gallon, now there's money attached to every single gallon. You've, you've monetized the, the water and then you can transfer it around. You've created a global marketplace and that NFT ends up in Singapore, it doesn't matter. There's now trading worldwide in these water, water on demand as we call it. And this, this NFT we, we call dollar sign H2O, it's the H2O coin. And we've now trademarked that. Uh, and and it's, it's a beautiful thing because we, water needs more of um, more trading, more, it, it needs a market, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything does. And then here's the cool part. We plan to then be take in coins to fund new water systems on a kind of a virtuous circle, and they get tokens funding more systems, which then push out tokens, which fund more systems. Could be fun and wild, but the important thing is, we then start to solve on a self-sustaining basis the water problems in the world. How exciting is that? By doing something like this, at the same time, you're also detaching yourself from the value of a single currency, and actually, you're, you're attaching yourself to the value of the product. Is that correct? Correct. So, whatever the whatever the cost of that water is to, and, and it's inflate, inflated, inflated, right? And it's important that all those underlying contracts ha- are inflation indexed, so that there's a natural adjustment. And then you just, you know, there's a. I once read that the cost of a of a haircut in Paris has not changed since the French Revolution. Really? But the the do, the, the Franks adjusted. <laughs> the actual cost of cutting that hair never changed. Yeah. Right? So the actual cost of treating that water doesn't change, but now we free ourselves, as you say, from, and it can be any currency, whatever. And that's really the promise of, of cryptocurrency, which is it's a secure way to run a parallel economy, regardless of what wackos are trying to decide to do with our money, right? 
It's it's quite interesting because I, I think in, in in actuality, and I think this is why you know sometimes you know banks and and financiers and governments and things freak out a little bit because this is detaching the economy where it's putting it back in the control of the hands of the consumer and the business person and things like that. So I, I think it's quite interesting because to me, it seems like it's a little injection of sanity, right? Because it, it gives you a little bit more control. Well, personally, I feel that it's going to actually save us because if we just had what's called fiat, which means you know print, printed money, correct, then it would be out of control. It would turn into another uh, you know Weimar with a wheelbarrow for, full of money for the bread. Yeah, you're trying but to go get it, and by the time you get there, the wheelbarrow isn't enough. You need a second wheelbarrow. <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, so that's where it's going. But this is an opportunity to actually uh, save it because you have a point of stability, and and what it'll happen is it'll calm the dollar markets over mm. time. It's actually, I think, beneficial because people will be able to continue to do business. You know, people in Venezuela, they, they use crypto, right? To stay alive now. It's actually making Venezuela healthy again over time. So I think we got to look at it as something that is, yes, revolutionary, but in a, in a positive way. It's, it's a way to, to create exchange systems uh, they always come back to a currency in the end. I mean, at the end sure. of the day, you got to go and buy your bread at the local store and you're not going to use dollar H2O as your coin, right? So it's all going to always going to go out to, to cash, mm -hmm. but this is a way to preserve value. I think it's healthy. I, I guess, do you see this when, when looking at the future of economics and where the economy is going? Do you, do you see this being, you know, not just with water, but with other utilities and things like that, and them also being traded for each other as well? Or, or, or is that something we don't quite have an idea on yet? That's difficult to say because the problem is um, central utilities have their own funding system. It's called municipal bonds mm -hmm. and the big water companies service them. But here's what happens. As more and more businesses start treating their own water and agriculture and so forth, the load on the central system becomes less. You need less and less central. It's like back in the day, the mainframes are huge. And then we had PCs and now mainframes are just as big as they need to be. Uh, they're still there but they're not being overwhelmed. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when you had to book time on a mainframe ahead of time <laughs> on the time. Hey, I still remember the American America online discs they used to send in the mail, which we actually <laughs> used for target practice, by the way. Um, right. But like, that's how we used to get our internet. So I, I, I get it. <laughs> so all that central stuff is actually relieved by decentralization. Like I like to say that in California, we'll never get the high-speed train because government's incompetent in general. But we will get the self-driving car because there's already freeways. Yes. Right? And that's so, driven by technologists and people creating products. And, and that happens a lot faster than I think it was Ronald Reagan that used to that, that made the statement uh, that the 10 most troubling words in the English language are I'm here from the I'm from the government and I'm here to help. But private business can actually fix things like, like just like you're saying. Yes. And then, you know, government has its place, but but it, it will naturally evolve to what its place is, which is to make sure we don't hurt each other generally. <laughs> That's really its core, core reason. And you know, to take care of international relations and stuff like that. But we can, can operate commerce and do good things. At the end of the day, water is, is in a terrible place. The Ogallala Aquifer, which is the Midwest, is running dry. And once it runs dry, it will take 6,000 years to replenish itself. So rather than just burning it out, you know, we need to start continue using the water we're using. Like, I think that's a really great point because to a certain extent, you know, there is, there's always going to be more water in the world, but clean water is very finite because we can only clean so much of it. 
Exactly. And the people wanting desalination is great, but that's very energy intensive. That's a whole other issue. Um, you know, it's kind of like people wanting to defeat global warming by, by sort of dimming the sun. Well, it doesn't deal with the problem, right? It just dims the sun. Right. You still got a dirty atmosphere. So bottom line is I'm really excited about it. You know, we, we feel that this is that, that the, the deck that I sent you, the one that's on our homepage now, originclear.com, it is what we could do when we grew up because we've spent years trying to figure out how to disrupt the water industry. And we've now over the whole COVID period, we, I think figured out it's the funding, mm -hmm. fix the funding, everything else happens. And secondly, you can do it with technology. Absolutely. Well, Riggs, I've really enjoyed this conversation. As I said, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, the direction you're going with things. We're very excited about this and we can't wait for people to jump in and, and participate. Very cool. Riggs, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. Always a pleasure, Jeremy. Thank you. That is super cool. Um, Jeremy is such a nice guy. And what's, I, I, I played this, um, I played this longer segment more than I usually do because this only a tiny, like a, a minute of it is actually going to be put out. He uses these uh, meetings with his new clients to really refine the pitch to t so that when they go to book it, they really get the top, top podcast because it's so well focused. So, um, and uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun too. And I, I think I got a chance to really explain a lot of what's going on here. Before I go on, I'm going to, there's lots of um, comments. Fantastic. I love it. So uh, JRW, greeting to Riggs and Ken um, from Thomas, energy and water, the two most important industries combined, 3.9 trillion a year. Exactly. Um, and then Omar, Omar says, gracias Riggs por hablar hoy más pasado y te pueden traducir más correctamente. That's fantastic. Um, if everyone, and then Keith Rutten says, if everyone could see this interview, you would have more business than you could possibly handle. From your lips to God's ears, Keith. JRW says, as far as NFTs go, CNBC did, just did one for the late Mark Haynes and Tillman Fertitta was the high bidder on it. I don't know, recall for high, how much. There's a lot of celebrity stuff going on with, it, with NFTs. My point is, it's also very constructive. It always starts with these wacky things, right? Crypto kittens. Crypto kitties were actually the forerunner of NFTs. And they got up to about $100,000. So, um, ah. Khadija would like to know, thanks for this conversation. So is the company going from OTC to crypto and bypassing the IPO? No, we're using crypto as a tool, uh, kind of the same way Kodak ended up with a Kodak coin or JP Morgan has the JPM coin that they use to streamline payments. JP Morgan didn't become a crypto, they just started having one. So for us, it's a tool, it's perhaps a marketplace someday, it has tremendous promise, we love it, but we are committed to uplisting to the NASDAQ, which is what I consider, and you do too, Khadija, our IPO. Living here on the OTC is tough because, uh, you know, penny stock, et cetera. So it's, um, it's really, really interesting what's going on. And thank you for listening through that. I'm gonna keep, uh, keep on going here. And um, today we filed a, well, we did a press release on something you already know, and that is the filing of our trademark, right? So sure enough, here it is that we filed a trademark for dollar H2O and we can never call it H2O. We have to call it dollar H2O because there's H2O is already trademarked for other water stuff. But so with the handle, the dollar, um, that really is the customary dollar sign for uh, prefix for cryptocurrency. It represents this blockchain system. 
blockchain being that structure that people have. Um, and of course, we still need to invest in it. It's not done. There's a lot of work ahead. Um, and then let us just go on a little bit here. Um, the actual release, um, uh, which you just saw that statement there. Uh, earlier, we filed this patent application. Now, we're not relying on this. Um, we don't rely on any blockchain system. This FinTech for Clean Water we're building with the um, pay per gallon and so forth does not require crypto. We can do it with ordinary financial and currency channels. It's very important to remember. Um, so we're, we're building this thing, but we always have the everyday banking fallback. And that's important to remember because you don't want to be in a high risk situation with something like crypto. So let's take a look at what happened. Well, there we are. We're up on um, Yahoo. And what is that gold coin? What the heck is that? Aqua Aurum Novum Est. Water is the new gold. So um, this is the coin. And um, I think it's kind of jazzy. I like it. But obviously, it's just a coin. It's just for fun. I, I don't want to say that this is, um, this is substant substantive. But it really uh, says something, right? Okay, so let's now move on to a more serious topic. Oh, I've got three more chats, so let me just catch them before I go on. Um, ah, Paul Fetcher, Tillman Fertitta uses over 10,000 gallons per month in each and every one of his restaurants. Now should we talk about his water consumption as hotel? Paul, as you know, we are in the middle of uh, the installation of a water purification system in a, um, a major hotel and construction in Nashville. And that's for the incoming water, but they also, the same system can be expanded to have the um, recycling and the water treatment. So absolutely, that's where we're going with this. And then, um, oh, Thomas says a direct listing through Robinhood and SoFi and Reddit's Wall Street, that's bypass the bank. Well, yes, you can, that's called uh, um, uh, filing a form 10. You can file a form 10 um, and do a direct listing, um, but that, that we're getting way into the weeds here. We're just gonna keep doing what we do and we will get somewhere, I guarantee you. And Khadija, thank you very much. The coin is beautiful. Very nice uh, of you to say that. Okay, so let's keep on going here. Uh, why were we late? Oh my God, kill me now. So this was very, very painful. Um, and fortunately we did file and um, we expect to file the uh, quarterly filing, um, you know, within within the limits. But let's take a look. The basic numbers that we that we showed in the press release showed that we made more money uh, revenue top line, and um, the cost the, the it was a greater increase in sales than in cost of goods, which means that the gross profit grew, which is great. Now, operating expenses grew. What the heck happened there? Well, here's the story: is that we are, I mean, when we purchased progressive water treatment, you know, we could have just been a little water company in Texas doing $4 million a year and been profitable, no question about it. We decided to go and build a big company. And that is where you get this sort of biotech type uh, spending that goes on. So what are we spending money on? We're, for example, the CFO, for example, we're starting to invest money into the crypto uh, development. We're, we're spending money now in the design, build, own, operate that I'll tell you about. Uh, all these things are, are things we're spending on to get capability. So yes, we have 
had lost from operations and it was greater than a year before because um, it was something we chose to do because we are actually expanding um, and stepping into this, what I think is very big shoes. So let's take a look at how that expands out. Um, now, the reason I'm showing you this slide is because you have, um, <laughs> there is uh, a profit, which is like, huh, what? Um, and the reason there's a profit is because this crazy number sometimes is super negative and sometimes super positive. And um, as you see, the, um, in 2019, it was, that number was 22 million uh, negative. And so it made us 23 million overall negative. And then um, uh, in that part, the overall was, was uh, larger, of course. Um, and then looking over in 2020, we have, woohoo, uh, we have a profit all of a sudden. And this is because we have um, uh, our backers who, who are wonderful people. They, they, they don't actually have not been actively converting their, their, um, their debt. So it's been wonderful for us. Uh, but nonetheless, they are paid relative to the stock price. Stock price goes up. It's actually good for us, right? So this is actually helping us, but it's a completely fictional number. Um, it's nice to see. And one day we'll actually get that in the fundamentals. And that is my goal. All right. Now, what really held us up was these issuances. And I'm going to flip over here to show you a little bit about what. Um, so I'm going to try and open this up a bit for you because this is very, very small. There we go. Um, Hopefully, uh, I just went somewhere weird because I don't actually, I was, I was in control and uh, uh, allow me to uh, just, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to try and widen it because it takes me somewhere else. But these are all of the preferred series, series uh, C and D1, which were 2018, series E and F, same, same also. Then we went to G, I, H never happened, J, K, L, M, which that was the unaccredited investment, the Reg A. Um, and then series O, P, Q, and R, which were just wrapping up. All of these series had all of these intricate things happen to them. Now, why did we do these? What the heck? What was it all about? Well, it's because we were taking people and we're basically improving their position. And so, uh, as I discussed in the, in the article, we had uh, people who were willing to pay a little bit more in and get a better position. And this was unbelievably complex. And we simply hit the wall in um, Q1 of this year. Um, we, we should not have, there's no question that, that we should have had better uh, control, but here we are. Okay, so um, that's kind of what's going on um, uh, you know, with, with the uh, 10K. And so let's uh, move on a little bit um, because I have an update on um, CFO situation. Um, so we had that one finalist, all the interviews are done. We've negotiated the job offer and it's now with uh, the candidate right now as I speak. Um, and if the candidate accepts, we will have a CFO next week. And we're extremely, extremely happy about that because in fact, Tom Marchesella, our COO, uh, almost broke down in tears. He was so relieved. So uh, it's gonna be much, much better. Okay, now um, 
in other good news, um, that slideshow you saw, well, we just went ahead and put it right up on the homepage. And um, well, I'll just, uh, um, where is it? Um, fortunately, it, it gets hidden by that top uh, floating meeting controller we got. Here it is. You can see right here, It's um, this is our actual homepage. So people are gonna be able to cycle through um, this deck, which says exactly. And what's cool is that as we update the deck, for example, we'll put the coin in it, boom, it'll show up on the homepage. Now this is temporary. We have a wonderful home, a new homepage in the works, but I wanted to get our real story up there right now because people are interested. And you know what? I just, um, Mia, just come back here and um, I want to make sure that I'm, yeah, I'm still screen sharing. Good. So um, that's what that's about. So that's great. Now I wanted to do a couple of comments. Um, the first thing is, this is an interesting, Bitcoin white paper comes out October, 2008. As if in concert with it, the Fed balance sheet just takes off. Ridiculous, right? That was the crash of 2008. And so people go, they, they, they sit there and criticize um, Bitcoin for being fake. I'm like, excuse me, because of course, Bitcoin's done the opposite. B Bitcoin is the reverse of inflation. It actually, its supply, relatively speaking, reduces over time. Um, but, you know, you see here really, uh, what did I hear? 40% of the total uh, of our total dollars in circulation were issued since the first of this year. So um, that's tough. And now here is um, a graph called Elements Linked to the Rogers International Com Commodity Index, RJI. And since June of last year, it's just been going on and up and up. This is commodities. These are commodities that are rising. This is actually RJI is a, is a good exchange traded fund to own, but it, it really parallels Fed balance sheet, price of commodities. Fed balance sheet, price of commodities. This is how it is. Now there's one outcome that is really, really tough coming out of this. And this is uh, was just reported today in the Washington Post. The next crisis point, of course, has been all this forgiveness. And the, of course, the tenants are in tough, a very tough place, but the landlords, and here's something that I did not realize. Half of these rental properties that are behind on payments, 4 million rental properties are owned by small landlords. These are people who sort of clawed their way into the middle class and they're stuck. And a third of all small landlords, meaning a sixth of all of these rental properties are at risk of bankruptcy or foreclosure. And unfortunately they're not getting a lot of respect, um, but it's, it's very tough for, for, uh, for real estate I think that the story on real estate is not over. Um, and um, there's, a, there's a term called fat tail, which is basically the tail of the whole problem. We got to hits you, it kind of hits you on the way out. And so this fat tail, this is the stuff happening at the very end of all this. And it's, uh, I can't say, I can't say it's wonderful, um, which is why we're getting a lot of uh, real estate investors want to diversify. Not that doing badly, but they would like to have maybe um, their hands in some other things. And so that's kind of what's going on. Okay, um, now a quick uh, status update before it gets too late. I know I've gone on for 40 minutes, but you've been a great crowd. Uh, quickly, uh, Dan's update, the mobile home park uh, customer in Pennsylvania, the engineer of record, 
anticipate having a follow-up call this uh, okay so that's continuing that's fine craft brewing customer working with the customer's db firm design build firm um and uh our first scoping and pricing follow-up meeting next week that's good rv park we didn't have any news last week now we have news final engineering should begin immediately now they would like us to provide a design build own and operate turnkey basis full outsourcing that's very very interesting uh, and we may be able to do that soon um, given some of the um, uh, real estate that we have that is turning into cash in the background okay um, a new dbo prospect this is a Again, remember design, build, own, and operate, DBOO. And so this is a new one and that's, um, okay, that's just starting. And we have two established design and build partners working with us to collaborate on this DBO. So now the network is starting to build. I'm super excited about that. All right, not to spend too much more time, we have the three offerings that I was, um, you know, we have the force, the regulation A, which expired and it's being refiled. Stay tuned, it's happening, work is being done. I'm gonna breeze through these because as I say, it's, and you guys are hanging in there, I really appreciate it. But the Series U is basically, um, this is, the, what's really great about this is that um, you, we're dealing with the fact that the stock is going up. Now I'm not promoting that the stock is going up, but it's a fact that it's been going up now for ever since, um, December, really. Um, and so what we have here is a situation where we want to protect investors from stock going up. Imagine you're sitting there in preferred shares, you want to convert, and the stock price goes up, well, you're going to get less and less shares as you convert. Before, it was good because if the stock was going down, you got, you got more shares, so you were good. Well, unfortunately, if the stock goes up, you don't lose money, but you lose opportunity. Well, there's a price lock, that maximum ceiling of 20 cents. And, um, and that we believe is more valuable than dividends, which is why the new offering does not have dividends. Um, and then there's three warrants, won't get into those. Now, here's another thing on that first line you saw, if the conversion is, is initiated by company, could be 200% in stock. So that's something that could happen. For example, if we wanna clean up the, the, the equity um, uh, landscape, and we would just go ahead and do that. So it's a very, very um, sophisticated offering that Kent can tell you about. And the Series V is for senior secured creditors. And the only thing I wanna mention about this is these are the people who get percentage of net profits from the water on demand equipment place in cooperation. And these shares are the ones we're talking about being in dollar H2O. That is where the rubber meets the road. So I'm not gonna spend more time on this. Ken has the full picture and he's available to discuss it. So schedule a call, www.oc.go slash Ken. You've been a wonderful audience. You have hung in there. Um, it's so much to tell you, and I'll have even more next week. Believe me, it's moving fast. Stay tuned. Thank you. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Um, you know, catch up, have a staycation, et cetera. Let's see, um, Tom, let's... Uh, Thomas says, um, we're in Texas, the wind capital of the world. Yeah, our, our operations are in Texas, is correct. Uh, he says, energy and water make Bitcoin look like tiddlywinks. By the time all the coins are mined by 2025, energy adjusted for inflation will be 5 trillion. Absolutely. Um, 
and he, he talks about air, energy harvesting from the air, water harvesting from the air, which is wonderful. Um, but he loved our plan and strategy. So thank you very, very much, Thomas. Okay. Well, again, have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us. <laughs>